0: Greetings church family. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for joining us online as we all make the best of this. This is a good way to be together, to look to Jesus together. So uh, welcome and thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm Pastor Derek and uh, it's my privilege to serve as one of the pastors here at Faith Church. So welcome again to all of you. Welcome to those of you that are new to Faith Church joining us online, and those who have made Faith Church home for uh, a long time, welcome to you as well. Well, how are you feeling, church family? How are you feeling these days? How are you reacting to things these days? And more importantly, who are you relying on as you go through the ups and downs of life? Sometimes we can tend to be glass half empty. Some of us have more of a tendency to be glass half full, right? We need to ask for God's help not to fall into the the trap of of as we experience the difficulties of life and the questions and the uncertainty, we have to ask God for help not to fall into the trap of, of getting into the blame game or arguing over things that we shouldn't be arguing about or having a tendency to complain, but rather... We could instead rely on our good God, put our trust in him. Because there's no doubt, this is hard. The the swirling circumstances that we find ourselves in, the different things that we're going through right now, the fears and frustrations that we have perhaps of what's ahead of us, this is hard stuff. And, and so today we're going to think a little bit about a couple options that are in front of us, and, and this isn't just for us to try hard on our own, but we're going to ask God for help with this, but what are the options we have as we go through life right now, as we figure out what this season is all about? We could just scrape by, we could just try to get through it, hoping to get beyond it, hoping that everything will go back to normal, we could just hope to just survive it, or we could recognize the goodness of our great God. We could recognize that he is sovereign over all and that he is at work for our good and his glory. And as we recognize that, that would give us the opportunity to embrace what's going on around us, to to learn to lean into God in all circumstances, and even to look for the opportunities that he's creating for us even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of circumstances that we wouldn't pick. Open your Bibles with me if you would. I would love you to grab your Bible there in your home, get it on your lap, keep your finger in God's Word as we go through that together this morning. Open to Acts chapter 1, and in a moment I'll start reading at verse 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Pull out your Bible or your Bible app find your way to Acts chapter 1, because this is a great day. We uh, are starting a new teaching series, and we decided to title this teaching series Scattered. And this is a four-week series, and then we're going to get back to uh, what we do most often of teaching through a book of the Bible. In a few weeks, we'll start another series. But right now, we're in a four-week series called Scattered. And, uh, And the reason we named it that is because the church has times the church is to be both gathered, gathered together, and scattered or dispersed or sent out. And, and as you can imagine, right now we're, we're experiencing that scattered even more than, than normal. You know, the church is to gather for worship and, and fellowship with one another, but the church has always been urged to scatter, to disperse, to go out, on mission, and it, but in this unique season, perhaps God has something for us to learn about how to follow Jesus, how to live for him, how to grow in him, how to help others, while scattered, while dispersed, while not able to join together quite as easily. So open your Bibles, Acts chapter one, verse one. Uh, I'll read a few verses at a time, stop, and we'll talk about it a little bit, follow along with me in your Bible if you would. Acts one, verse one. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. See, the author of Acts is Luke. And Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, a story of Jesus' life. And in some ways now, the book of Acts in our Bible picks up where Luke left off. So Luke says, in my first book, I dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Verse two, until the day when Jesus was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Jesus presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. I always read that part and think, I wish I could have been there. Jesus has already died been raised from the dead, and is appearing to them and proving this to him, them. And he, has, he is, is about to ascend back into heaven, but in that period of time in between, he spent his time teaching about the kingdom of God. I wish I could have been there in those 40 days for this seminar on the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is God's rule or reign, his, his God's kingly rule over all. And, and Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is at hand. The, the ministry of Jesus initiated the kingdom of God, brought about the kingdom. There are ways in which the kingdom is already present and active and things that we are experiencing. But we also know that the kingdom of God will, won't be fully realized, won't be consummated until Jesus returns and sets all things right. We look forward to that day. So, Jesus is about to ascend back into heaven. And and I was thinking about this, you know, God's plan could have been to have Jesus stay on earth and continue to lead the ministry that God wanted to have happen on earth. Jesus could have stayed and continued to be the leader and continued to show the way to God and continued to spread the good news of God And, and, and the new life that is available through Jesus. But interestingly, that's not God's plan. Jesus ascends back into heaven where he sits at the right hand of God. And so, so what is the plan then for the spread of the good news of Jesus? You, church family and believers everywhere, you are God's plan A. The church is God's plan A. And of course, when I say church, I'm not talking about the building, right? The church is not a building, the church is not a time slot, it's not an event. The church is God's people joining in the mission of God. The church is you, the church is all followers of Jesus everywhere. We are God's people because Jesus rescued us. We are God's people because we received God's free gift of salvation by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. We are God's people because Jesus rescued us through the cross. We are are God's people because Jesus' life, death, and resurrection make it possible for you and I to be in relationship with a holy and perfect God. And so we're going to take a moment as we think about being the church family and the fact that we are a family of followers of Jesus because of the cross, because of Christ's sacrifice for us. So we're going to reflect now. I'm gonna give you some time there in your home to reflect on the cross, on Jesus' death for us, and we're gonna reflect by sharing in the Lord's Supper. You know, of course, we'd prefer to do this um, at our building, gathered together, uh, celebrating what Jesus has done and sharing in the Lord's Supper together. But in these unique circumstances, it's okay to, to, to use the juice and the cracker to remember what Jesus has done for you there in your home. As well, so in a moment, in a moment, I'll invite you to press pause on this video, and uh, you can grab some water or juice to represent the blood of Christ. You can grab some bread or a cracker to represent the body of Christ, and uh, and then w- you can uh, take those elements, remembering what Jesus has done for you. But first, before you press pause, let me just read this from God's Word in 1 Corinthians chapter eleven: The Lord Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Okay, I invite you to go ahead and press pause on this video and take a moment to reflect on the cross to remember what Jesus has done for you. Take and eat. Good. That's such a good opportunity to, to remember what Jesus has done for us. So as we get back to our, our time in God's Word this morning, as we get back to considering here in Acts chapter 1, Jesus' ministry on earth, Jesus' three-year public ministry on earth that we read about in our Bibles, that we read about in, the, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that ministry established the church he, he taught about God. Jesus called us into the mission. Remember, God's plan A. He could have had Jesus stay, but instead, plan A was to have the church, God's people, participate in his mission of love and of rescue to the world. So Jesus established the church and called us into this ministry. But in, it's so encouraging, and I'm so thankful that we, we don't jump in on that, that mission. We don't have to do that in our own strength, with our own efforts. It's not on our own power. God didn't just leave us to figure it out. Let's keep going in the passage, Acts chapter 1, now we're at verse 4. And while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. See, followers of Jesus then and now, we're not left uh, on our own to figure it out. It's not up to uh, our own efforts or our own power to enact the mission of God, to share his love and proclaim the good news of Jesus. God, when you became a follower of Jesus, when you received the free gift of salvation by calling upon Jesus to lead you, to guide you, you received new life. And, and at that time, God gave us the gift. We received the Holy Spirit, God himself, living within us, dwelling within us to empower us to live for him. So that's why the church is not thwarted by the building being closed. The building may be closed, but the church is far from closed. The building may be closed for a time, but the church is alive and active because you, follower of Jesus, are a Holy Spirit-empowered minister of the gospel. So while we miss being together, while we miss being gathered in the building, we, followers of Jesus, are still the church and God is still living within us, empowering us to live for him. So, you know, in this season, I think it's good for us to wrestle with this question. What if this season of having no Sunday gathering in person, what if that continues for a while? Are, are, we, are we just stuck in the status quo? or Do we just twiddle our thumbs and spin our wheels, so to speak, and get through it and just survive and hope to get to the other side? What if the fact that we cannot gather in large groups on Sunday mornings what if that continues for a while? Is, the, is, is there nothing we can do or is it an opportunity? Let's, let's ask how God wants, us, wants to use us during this time. What's he want to teach us? What is he showing us? What is this time of, of being more scattered than gathered? What are his purposes for this time? And, and, and if we're spirit-empowered ministers of the gospel, what is he empowering us to do? The Spirit lives within us. We are empowered by God. To do what? Let's continue in our passage, verse six. So when they had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or season that the Father has fixed by his own authority. You see, his followers, the disciples, were probably expecting uh, Jesus to restore a military kingdom, a political power, a, a kingdom that would drive away the Romans is what they were perhaps wishing for. But Jesus corrects them here. Verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. Not to drive out the Romans, not to set up a, a political, uh, geographical uh, Uh, kingdom, but why? Why does Jesus explain that the Spirit will come upon followers of Jesus? To be good news people. If we're Spirit-empowered ministers of the gospel, we're empowered to be good news people, to share the gospel, to proclaim God's love, and the fact that true life is found only in Jesus. So let's continue. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you Will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, Jesus was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Can you imagine? I mean, if we put ourselves in the disciples' shoes here, can you imagine First of all, this incredible sight of Jesus being raised up into the heavens and a cloud obscuring him and going to sit at the right hand of the Father. What an incredible sight. But also, can we imagine what the disciples might have felt like at that moment? They're they're Jesus's closest friends. They're his followers. Their lives had been devoted to him. Jesus uh, was God, their rescuer, their savior. They had followed him. They had learned from him. They had assisted Jesus in his ministry for these three years. And, and, and that whole time, they had had Jesus physically present with them. And now, he's ascending into heaven. He's going away. What, what that must have felt like to to lose, to to maybe feel like they were losing him. And I, I don't think this really compares. I think that of course, in terms of how it would feel, it was more significant to see Jesus go. But I just wonder if there's a parallel here for us. In this season where as a church family, we are more scattered than gathered, perhaps there's a parallel here for us about how we might be feeling the the disciples perhaps began to miss Jesus and and longingly look for the days when he was with them physically. And and perhaps there's a parallel. Again, I'm not sure this really compares, but humor me if you would. Perhaps there's a parallel of how we might be feeling, feeling like we're staring back at our church building, missing it, longing for those days that, that are a certain way that have those that are, that are familiar to us and, and are back to normal, so to speak. Perhaps there's a way in which we feel like we've lost what, what we were somewhat dependent on for our spiritual life. We were dependent, perhaps, on going to the building, on being there at 10, 15 a.m. on Sundays, uh, that we were dependent for our spiritual life from learning and, and serving in that building. And there's things we've lost, for sure, There are downsides to what we're going through, absolutely. This is far from ideal. There are things that we've lost. There are things that we can rightfully mourn and be sad about and consider to be downsides of this time. They affect uh, the the season we're going through, the COVID-19 crisis, the ups and downs, all that surround it. They affect us personally, and they certainly are affecting how being a church family looks. And how being a ministry of God looks. But also, are there things that we've gained? Are there things that are actually going better now in our lives, our spiritual lives, in our families, in our church family? Things that we're learning now that God would want us to take forward as a church family. You know, we will be, we will be gathered again. The church is to gather, and, and we will be gathered on Sundays again. But when? I, I don't know. And it may be longer from now than we hope. We will be gathered together again on Sundays, but how will it look? I don't know, but maybe quite differently than what we are used to and what we hope to return to. It's, it's likely that it'll be our our first opportunity, it's likely that, that getting together in smaller groups of people like our life groups, it's likely that that will be our first and best opportunity to begin to resume being a church family in person. So, why do we find this ourselves in this situation? What are some of the many complicated factors that we are considering? What are the instructions that we are receiving? What are the guidelines that we are receiving? How is God uh, speaking to us and leading us to, um, in, this time, in this time of not being able to gather? And, and how is God speaking to us about how to make that decision of when we can resume in-person uh, ministry? Well, of course, we want to continue to honor and respect the guidelines from our governing authorities. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 says this Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that do exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment. It is, it, is, it is honorable. It is God honoring for a follower of Jesus to, to cooperate and to respect and honor the governing authorities. The, the, the only time that we would consider not submitting to the governing authorities is if we are being asked to sin, to go against God's best. And I don't believe that that is the case at this time. But what else is affecting our decisions? What else is, is, has got us in this situation of not gathering on Sundays? There's other factors. And what, what else are we considering as we look forward to when we can resume? The governing authorities, but also the health authorities, and science and, and the nature of this disease and the way that things spread. There, there's, there's good information that we should thoughtfully consider and incorporate into our thinking. I think it's important too for for followers of Jesus, for Christians to be cooperative with recommendations like six foot physical distancing and masks. Why? Because I think as we cooperate with those things, we show love for others. Because it's not necessarily just about me and what I'm willing to do or what I'm comfortable with. It's about cooperating to show love for others that we wanna care for others. That's something that God wants of us. What else are we considering? We're considering you. We're asking you how you're doing, how you're feeling. We, we wanna make decisions uh, based on the variety of, 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 uh, of people in our church family and how you're feeling. There's a, v- a variety, of, uh, there's a variation within our church family of readiness to return to in-person, to comfort level to return in person, to what would need to be considered before we could do that well. So we're thinking through those things, praying for you. Would you pray for us? And then, of course, there's your leaders here, the staff and elders in our church family. There are so many logistics to consider here and practical questions of, of, of how and when we might resume in person, and, and do we have the volunteers in place that we are needed, and what would that mean for our facility, and what would that mean for disinfecting and cleaning and, um, and, and honoring the health authority recommendations. There are so many factors and things to consider how we can keep you safe and how we can honor God with the way faith church ministry proceeds. And so you know what's gonna be needed? grace this is an opportunity in our church family to ask god to help us to be really prepared to and to be really good at showing each other grace recognizing that there's different opinions different comfort levels different feelings about all that's swirling around us and an opportunity for us to show grace to one another an opportunity for god to help us unite around jesus and the good news of the gospel so that we don't uh, accidentally divide over lesser matters. In the meantime, we have an opportunity, and this is what I, I've been, I, we, we've been talking through in our passage in Acts chapter one this morning. I think in the meantime, while we wait for the when and how of resuming in person, I think we have an opportunity that instead of settling for what we're used to, instead of settling for what we maybe thought church was or wasn't, instead of settling for being simply attenders of a church or receivers of information, instead of having our spiritual lives, whether purposely or accidentally, instead of having our spiritual lives be dependent on a program or on staff members to kind of deliver it and to push us along, instead, we could take responsibility for our own spiritual growth. We could ask God, what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus in this scattered period of time? When I'm I'm away from the building, when I'm not as easily able to gather with my brothers and sisters, how can I still, God, honor you, grow in my relationship with Jesus? How can I show love to others, and how can I help others come to know you? So instead of just cruising along we can ask God to help us to live out our calling to be his witnesses, his ambassadors, representatives of him. How, God, do you want me to be a conduit? The great love, God, you have shown to me, how can I be a conduit of that love to others? And the good news of Jesus that I have, that I have been benefited from, that I have been rescued by, how can I proclaim what Jesus has done for me to those who need him? Let's finish up the passage. Acts chapter 1, now we're at verse 10. And while they were gazing into heaven, so right, Jesus is ascending into heaven. He's going up and being obscured by a cloud. Verse 10. And while the disciples were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. These are angels. Verse 11. And these angels said, men of Galilee, Why do you stand looking into heaven? Can you picture this? I mean, first of all, we already said this is an amazing sight, right? If you're one of those disciples, if we put ourselves in those shoes and we're watching Jesus be raised into heaven, of course we would be staring into heaven. This is an incredible sight. But I think it's also okay for us to see a little bit of the humor here that as the disciples are staring into heaven, up next to them, sidling up next to them, are these two angels. And you can almost picture, I can almost see in my mind's eye, the angels going like this, going, okay, what do we see you guys? We see you staring. <laughs> what are you staring at? Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus Who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Church family, Jesus is coming back. So we don't have to stare into the sky. Jesus is coming back. So in the meantime, let's run the race with endurance. Let's continue to grow in our relationship with Jesus. Let's ask God how we can serve him and how we can minister to others. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, Father in heaven, you are a good, a good God, a good Father. And first, we do recognize, God, that these are difficult and frustrating and and even scary times. We need you. We put ourselves at your feet. We humble ourselves before you. We need you. Help us to look to you for all we need. Help us to rely on you for all we need. Father in heaven, we give you praise today. We want you to help us grow in giving you praise and worship and thanks. We want to help, help ask your help in exalting you in all circumstances, no matter what our lives look like, no matter the ups or downs, no matter what we're going through or how we're feeling about those circumstances. Help us, God, to worship you, our great God. We thank you, God, for showing your love to us through Jesus, through the cross. We thank you that because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we too can have new life in you, that you've made it possible for us to be in relationship with you, to be made right with you. And because of your rescue, because of your love poured out to us at the cross, because you have rescued us into new life, we want to live for you even now. Help us, God, not to just be on cruise control in this unusual time, Help us not to just wanna survive it or get through it, but God, we wanna rely on you so much that we would thrive at this time and that our lives would honor you and that we could live out your goodness to those around us. So God, instead of staring into heaven, instead of being kind of caught with our mouth agape looking for you, or, or maybe in this case, instead of us looking longingly back at a church building God, help us lean into our calling of being Spirit-empowered ministers, Spirit-empowered witnesses to what Jesus has done so that we might serve you in all we do and say. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church family, as we continue to celebrate what Jesus has done, as we continue to worship him together, we're gonna to have a, I I wanna explain what's happening next here because we wanna do something a little different than we've done sometimes. Uh, next is, is our chance to worship through our giving, being generous to God because he's been so generous to us. Then we're gonna have a chance to lift our voices in song, worshiping him through music. And I know those things are not unusual, but then after that, I'm gonna be back and with me are gonna be a couple others from our staff team and our pastors. And and we're gonna discuss a little further some of what we've been talking about this morning. And, and I want you to listen in on that staff discussion, because then, after the, the close of our time this morning, we invite you to have that same discussion where you are, either with a spouse or with your family, if you're watching with roommates, or, or if you're not, give somebody a call in our church family. Be kind of gutsy and reach out, and uh, we encourage you. The, the, the couple things that we discuss in a few minutes as a staff team, take some time this morning and discuss those together so that we can all adjust our posture, so that we can all show God we're ready to live for him, even in these unusual circumstances. Let's continue to worship together. Let's continue to celebrate Jesus in our lives.